Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Adam Higgins, who writes on politics for the Irish Sun newspaper, is on the line first thing this morning. Hello, Adam. Good morning, Joe. Yeah, a fiery start to the, the new Dodds Norm yesterday. Yeah, it was indeed. So just remind us very briefly of the background and how things went. They were all back in Leinster House for a start, weren't they? Yes, so the the, the we used to sit in the dock in the convention centre, this kind of makeshift dog by the docks, as it was known uh, in Dublin, in order so, so the TDs could uh, socially distance. That's been rolled back now along with the... the easing of restrictions and um, for the first time yesterday uh, TDs got to sit back in the dog still socially distanced with uh, TDs extending up into the public gallery as well for the vote but it kind of brought back this energy that where the opposition benches face the government benches and they can kind of see each other eye to eye and you know let each other have it the when it comes of to their eyes like and all that stuff yeah. Exactly, exactly. Right. So, uh, of course, it, it was fiery because there was this motion of no confidence put down by Sinn Féin in the Foreign Affairs Minister Simon Coveney over the whole Zapone Gate slash Marion Gate controversy. Um, and before it even started, Fianna Fáil were having some problems in their ranks, weren't they? Mark McSharry, who's certainly no fan of his own leadership in Fianna Fáil, said, I'm out of here, guys, because I won't be able to vote for Simon. Yeah, I think that was kind of the shock that, that kicked off last night. Uh, I remember speaking to uh, Fina Gale backbencher a couple of hours before the debate and they were they were kind of anticipating a nasty sort of atmosphere at the debate tonight because of the situation with Sinn Féin. We know there's no love lost between those two parties. But then just before um, the, the debate was due to kick off, word went around that um, Fianna Fáil TD, former Fianna Fáil TD, now Mark McSherry was uh, resigning from the parliamentary party because he didn't want to back Simon Coveney in this no confidence vote. He said that his party was being run by a totalitarian leadership and that the backbenchers didn't have enough say in matters such as this on what way the party was going to go when it comes to this no confidence vote. So he uh, left and then voted no confidence in Simon Coveney. There was questions then whether other, you know, outspoken TDs on the Fianna Fáil backbenchers might join him. There was a lot of eyes looking at the likes of um, Barry Cowan but Barry Cowan did get up and speak and say that while he was disappointed in Fine Gael's uh, handling of this that the government had important work to do in housing and that he wanted to stick by this government to make sure that work was done. Him obviously being one of the key Fianna Fáil TDs that uh, negotiated the programme for government which would have included a lot of the measures in the Housing for All plan. So that kind of started the tone of it but then very quickly it got, uh, there were a lot of fireworks, there was Course words shouted across the the doll floor at each other. There was re- a real sense of anger. There was, yeah. So while they were um, swearing at, one, at each other, there was, yeah. What, at one that point, is, that um, is amazing. Now that you know that suggests because you know you sometimes look at these set piece debates and you wonder how much of it is factored in and you know the theatre of politics um, and there's a sort of a feeling that you're afterwards they're all kind of winking at each other. But but it got hot and heavy for real. It really did. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes in these debates, you're kind of looking for the, some people are looking for the, the Oscars, the Hollywood performances, but I don't really think that's where, the way it was last night. There really was a lot of venom in the debate. At one point, um, Leo Varadkar got up and, and gave a very staunch defence of uh, Simon Coveney as Foreign Affairs Minister, saying that he was a reliable man and a trustworthy man. And at this point, some of the Sinn Féin TDs uh, on the back bench shouted across, um, 
a word I probably shouldn't repeat. No, no, on the no, radio, no, don't, yeah. don't repeat it on the air. No, no, no. We, and, we don't need um, to hear. We get the we get the idea where you're going. Um, exactly, and that tone kind of carried out throughout the debate, and even right until the very end of the debate, Simon Coveney gave his big apology at the end. Um, at which point, uh, just bef- just as as the Count Carla called the debate to an end and it was finished, Mary Lou Macdonald shouted back across at Simon Coveney that you've got some hard neck, and Simon Coveney then shouted back across at Mary Lou that you're a hypocrite. So, I mean, it kept going right through. Uh, even after the, the debate was finished. Right. We're chatting to Adam Higgins, who writes on politics for the Irish Sun. And one of the most interesting aspects of the entire evening was that uh, a Sinn Féin TD used the absolute privilege of the doll to name the minister that he had heard slash believed was the minister being blamed by some others in Cabinet for leaking the whole Catherine's appointment to the media in the first place. Yeah, Matt Cardy, Sinn Féin's Matt Cardy dropped this bombshell, uh, which, I mean, we were sitting, the press were sitting in a, in the press room and it was kind of a, a, a sense of shock in the room that we're like, oh my God, did he just say that, you know? Yeah, and but I mean, that's the, I, I find that comical in ways because all of you guys would have heard the name because it was floating around for a while. But uh, anyway, you were shocked when it was said in the dog. Go on. We were, but to be fair, we've heard several names. I mean, there's a lot of rumours around Lenton House and, they, and things change, uh, you know, over the course of the night, it seems. So under absolute but, privilege, what did Matt Carty say? Matt Carty said that Fina Gale, when this uh, Zappone issue arose, Fina Gale were, instead of dealing with it, were busy trying to uh, run a sting operation so that Simon Harris, the Minister of Higher Education, could be found out at this cabinet leak. Now, a spokesperson for Minister Harris, very quickly after this comment was made in the door, sent a message out saying that this was entirely untrue and that it was a, a, a breach of, um, or a, a gross abuse of DAW privilege. Okay, um, and uh, the only reason that we're allowed to repeat that this morning without being sued is because it was under absolute dull privilege, which means it can be reported on and is being reported widely uh, in um, the media. So when all was said and done then, uh, there was a fairly significant vote in favour of Simon Coveney. Um, uh, the, the I think they, they normally switch this, don't they? It, it ends up being a vote of confidence rather than a vote of no confidence um, uh, in him and and it's a number of independents, I mean, Michael Healy Ray, for example, and others that might necessarily have been expected to support the minister did indeed. So are we done? I mean, I assume Catherine Zappone, despite the request, isn't going to come anywhere near a committee. She's now living in the States to discuss it. So is everyone going to move on now? I think this story still has You're some legs serious. left. More to run. I do. I do think it does. I mean, the vote this thing's been going on for three months. Well, two and a half anyway. It has, but at the moment we still haven't seen whether Catherine Zappone will appear. If she does, that will be a bit of a shock for a lot of people because a lot of people don't think she will appear. But also next week, the Taoiseach Michal Martin will be in New York for a UN event and he'll be there for a couple of days attending different events. And we know that Catherine Zappone runs in those circles in New York and will maybe some of the press pack that are travelling with the Taoiseach try to find Catherine Zappone after a few questions. <laughs> I mean, the Irish I think press this... pack running around New York looking for Catherine Zappone. And if that's if, if she's not at a UN at one of these UN events that the Taoiseach is attending, you know? That's, that's right. Okay. Okay. Anyway, um, so on top of all of that, uh, Minister Coveney has to get on with it. Um, he's facing a new foreign secretary in the UK, Liz Truss, after a, a big cabinet reshuffle there. Uh, so we'll see how all that develops. So there were fireworks, as you say, in the doll. Now, um, on to something else. And I mentioned you, you're writing about it on the front page of the Irish Sun as well today. And this is, and it'll affect Limerick as well as everywhere else in the country, 
that pubs, nightclubs and restaurants could soon be allowed to stay open later because the government is expected to change laws around our nightlife. They want to widen the scope of the nighttime economy, um, spread out, extend and stagger um, uh, opening hours so that maybe people aren't staggering out into the street all at the same time and maybe giving museums um, and galleries the opportunity to uh, serve more alcohol too. Yes, there's, there was 36 proposals in this uh, report of the Nighttime Economy Task Force and chief among them is that dramatic reform of Ireland's uh, liquor licensing laws which were described last night as ancient. Uh, at the moment it's it's very uh, complicated and very expensive and takes a while for restaurants and pubs and nightclubs to get licenses in particular if they want to stay open later. There's a whole different um, range of measures they have to do and hoops they have to jump through. So the government wants to get rid of all that and start this new process that they say would streamline it, would cut the costs a bit for the business involved and would also see later serving hours. Now, how late? That's the key question that's yet to be asked. The work on that begins now today. The Department of Justice starts stakeholder meetings, but we asked Catherine Martin last night, how late do you want to see this happening? Because in the report it mentions a 6pm to 6am you know, nighttime economy. And I asked Minister Martin, Do, would you like to see people being able to go out and enjoy a drink and a dance up until 6am? And she says, why not? That's what we should be doing. That's what other countries in Europe are doing. So why can't we do it here in Ireland? Right. Uh, well, Paul Flannery of uh, Flannery's Pub in Limerick City, and he also represents local vintners, is on the line. Good morning to you, Paul. Morning, Joe. How are you? Now, I mean, I think as Adam points out there from uh, the Irish Sun, you know, there are a lot of Western European countries where this sort of thing they'd probably look at us and go seriously I mean what you're all finishing up at half 11 and clearing off onto the streets Yeah I suppose listen the, the, the current legislation was brought in to, to, to counteract all the, the COVID regulations over the last 18-19 uh, months or so but like the, the liquor licensing laws have to be reviewed if you look at it it's, 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 it's an obvious um, time to do it now some of these laws are go back to date back to the 19th century so we need to review them. We've moved well past that now at this stage. Uh, as Adam mentioned, uh, we need to look at it, see, because a lot of people could come out onto the street at the same time at night, which is causing problems with getting home, antisocial behaviour and so on. So it needs to be spread out. Um, it'll be interesting to see if this isn't going to be done overnight. It's going to take a couple of months to actually review and actually start bring, bring, bring to the doll. Yeah. But, but I mean, then Minister Michael McDool, we remember famously, was trying to develop a cafe culture at uh, one stage and he had this image in his mind of uh, people um, dining and maybe drinking on the streets and everyone thought that was hilarious uh, until it happened because of the pandemic. So there's not more of that going on anyway now. Um, but is this ultimately an effort to accept? Because there seems to have been a theory that if you allow Irish people the opportunity to stay out all night, all of us will stay out all night and we'll be plastered non-stop. No, I disagree with that. Um, I think at the end of the day, people only have so much money in their pockets, so they will go out what suits them. The current um, legislation is there at the moment. actually suits a lot of people. I know that some businesses actually suit them in terms of a work-life balance, but also consumers, it actually suits them to, to come out earlier and go home earlier. They're fresher the following day. But just because the businesses are open till 2, 3, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, if that does happen, um, doesn't mean they're going to go out all night, every night, and, and spend, they're, they're not going to, like, uh, 
financially it's just not not a realistic option so so for example in your place would you see waves coming and going that there some people would come out at six in the evening and be gone by nine some would turn up at 10 and be gone by one in the morning some people might come at two in the morning and not leave till five yeah, absolutely. Again, the five o'clock in the morning, I, I would question the likes of Limerick, Galway, Cork, whether it's, it's the footfall, would they be there for those? Like, I would really see this maybe only working in the likes of maybe Dublin, where, where the footfall is there and, and the population is there. Um, I, I but surely really there are businesses in Limerick who would try to take the opportunity to stay open all night. They would probably try to stay open all night, whether the long-term feasibility of that business model would work. If you if you're sitting down with two or three people at six o'clock in the morning, is is it worthwhile staying open to that hour of the night of the morning? Um, I would question. Um, so listen, there there will be demand there, and there would be whether it's once a week, once a month, once six months that some businesses try to do that. I don't know, mm. but uh, um, and, and Adam Higgins uh, of the Irish Sun. I mean, you know, do you think that traditionally it it has been the view of government that you just can't trust? Irish people with this sort of opening hours regime? Um, I think that might have been something in the past, but it seems as uh, the government progresses, this government in particular has wanted, because we know this is something that Fine Gael wanted to do as well. Uh, Helen McEntee mentioned this last year, that she wanted to get these laws reformed so that places could stay open later. And I think there was a sense at the press conference last night, which was held in a, in a nightclub in Dublin, in the button factory in the middle of the day, um, there was a sense that the government wants to rip the band-aid off this and just let's see does it work, you know, because we've been talking about it for so long that they want to see. And as the last speaker said there, I mean, there will be some business that decide they don't want to stay open that late, but it's giving these businesses the option. Right. And, and is it stay. also, um, to some degree, an apology to the nighttime economy for having to close it down effectively for 18 months? I think some I think some businesses will see it as that, and we know that the industry has been. I mean, it's still at the moment now you can only uh, open until half eleven. So some businesses might see it like that. And there was a lot of talk at the press conference last night of this is what we're going to do after the pandemic. This is going to be our you know way back after the pandemic. So there was a lot of talk like that, and and especially when you see um, the chief medical officer saying yesterday that we were we could be past the peak here of Delta and that sort of thing. So there was a lot of talk of the end of the pandemic, maybe we can we can start to party. Right. And finally, Paul, I mean, your sense of how things are developing in the nighttime economy locally, um, you know, we know all about the Limerick City Centre debate and the effort to inject more into that after six o'clock in the evening. But in general, do you see a booming Christmas coming? Absolutely. I think there's an appetite and there's an energy and people want to get out and, and socialise. We've been locked up for long enough, so people want to get out there and, and do what we do best and socialise and interact and, and enjoy ourselves. So, yes, I think we, we are looking forward to a, a really good build-up to Christmas and Christmas and beyond. All right, great stuff. Well, we'll see when that happens. Adam, just a matter of interest, I presume these laws aren't going to come in very quickly into next year, is it, before they'll be passed? and Or could it happen faster? Well, Catherine Martin said she'd like to see this start as soon as possible, but I think from the Department of Justice speaking, some officials there, they think probably first quarter or second quarter of next year. Right, when we've all calmed down a bit. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> right. Thank you very much, Adam Higgins, who writes on politics for the Irish Sun on both of those subjects, and great to chat to Paul Flannery of Flannery's in Limerick City and also representing the Vintners locally. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.